And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. The Athletic. It's been quite the week for Manchester City fans since our last Why Always Us. Harry Kane confirmed he was staying at Spurs. Then it looked like City were going in for an 11th hour capture of Cristiano Ronaldo. But he joined United just hours after it looked like he'd be at the Etihad. Then at the weekend, the team put their strikerless issues behind them with their third consecutive 5-0 home win. This time, a lacklustre Arsenal were on the receiving end of a battering. Well, let's get into it. I'm David Mooney. I'm joined by the Athletic City correspondent, Sam Lee. Good morning. How you doing, mate? Uh, yeah, fine. I mean, just running through <laughs> the things that have happened since last week. It's mad, isn't um, it? <laughs> it is mad. But like the, the Kane thing developed so quickly and went away so quickly because the Ronaldo thing overtook it. And then I suppose the Arsenal game overtook the Ronaldo thing. <laughs> it's all it's all kind of been swept under the rug very quickly. But obviously, I know a lot of people have concerns about how the market's gone and strikers and, and even you know left-backs and defensive midfielders and stuff. So... Yeah, there's a lot to to pick over. Um, yeah, I, I just can't I just can't believe how much it's actually developed since, and it was Tuesday we recorded. Yeah, yeah, it's it is a week. It's it's exactly a week, and everything's uh, and everything's blown up like this. Uh, well, now's the perfect time to subscribe to the Athletic. Join now and read all the Sam's stuff on City, including a recent piece on how Ferran Torres stepped up to the mark against Arsenal. We'll get into that a little bit later on as well. And if you sign up right now, you can get a 33% discount off the price of a subscription. Just go to theathletic.com forward slash Man City Pod. Um, now, Sam, as you alluded to there, it's Tuesday morning as we record this. It is transfer deadline day. Uh, we're not ex- oh, yeah. we're not expecting um, any uh, a- any big business to come in. Um, although you know, you never know; these things can change at the last minute, sort of thing. Um, with that in mind, mm. if 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 there is no more business done, um, have City messed up this summer? Because huh. Grealish is in, and he looks like a good signing so far. But it, it took a hundred million to get him in. Um, they haven't got a striker, and they've not, they're not looking like getting one between now and the deadline. That was the big problem last season. They haven't replaced Aguero this season. Um, what what are your thoughts? Oh, it's so it's so difficult because, and as much as anything, you kind of learn from experience. So I'm thinking this time last year, I was really like. They've had a shambles of a window. You know, if they'd have got Koulibaly and Messi, imagine, you know, the, the kind of statement that would have been. It would have been the next level. That's what they wanted to do. They didn't do it. Um, they didn't get a left back. You know, last I just genuinely could not believe they hadn't got a left back last year. Um, even though I always thought Zinchenko was the better of the three that they had, including Angelino. I was like, they still they still need something. I was like, Cancelo with left back doesn't work, which to be fair, I still believe. But then, having said all of that and made those points so often last summer, not just around deadline day, but... <laughs> they haven't addressed any of those issues this summer. Like, it, it just, yeah, yeah, but also it didn't matter last, last season. And I, I know things have changed slightly, but my, my first point being, I'm just so wary to think, oh, well, they've messed up. Well, they have messed up. But there's that. There's a difference between them messing up and how much difference does it make? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. they are so good, and it's like we were saying at the start of last season, and even in the transfer window, even before the transfer window opened last summer, it was when I remember when they beat Liverpool four 0 I remember I wrote the article in advance, and we'd said we were writing it in advance because my point being was it doesn't matter what the score is against Liverpool, whether they get, get battered or whether they batter them or whether it's a draw or whatever. What City need to do and what City are is the same. And in, in terms of what they are, and this is going back over a year, they're excellent. They're, they are really good. And even though they didn't show it in that nineteen twenty season, with the quality they've got and the quality of Guardiola, they should do much better anyway. And then if they get signings in, then even better. And then obviously we've seen last season that they are amazing. You know, Even without doing those things that I thought they should have done last summer, they are great. And that's still the case now. Um, it's just, but there are the, these. The, there are still these glaring issues in the squad that there are that, that need to be solved. 
There are. And also, I think Liverpool will be better this year, barring, you know, having the same kind of injuries that derailed them last year. I think Chelsea will be. And I think United will be as well. But I always thought United would be the most likely of those to finish fourth. And I might be wrong. But obviously, the results at this early stage of the season have suggested that. I don't think Ronaldo signing for them will be as efficient and effective as it would be as if Ronaldo had signed for City. Mm. Um, but I mean, I guess we'll get onto that. But I just think, you know, City are just so much more set up. All City need, basically, in my view anyway, at this moment in time, is all they need really is is a number nine. And if you put Ronaldo in the box, they'll get him chances, it'll be fine. United have obviously got bigger problems that a number nine won't fix. So that that's what I mean by that. So I'm not expecting United to be that close but then again they were the closest last year and I think they're better now um, so there's all that to, to think about um, I just don't and the other thing is and I've said this loads of times before but when I just said City need a number 9 like I was saying that all the way through last season but even like probably like February time I was saying look if they had this or whatever but they didn't need one did they they didn't <laughs> need need one they didn't actually need one like that word need they didn't need one because they did so well and was it you know, was it the lack of a number nine that hurt them in the Champions League final? No, I mean, maybe no, it wasn't. if they did have one, if they had, let's say they had Kane or Ronaldo or I don't know, whichever name people want to imagine or a fit Aguero or whatever, then, you know, poss- possibly, you know, chuck a ball in the box and they head one in and all of a sudden it's a different game. But it's not the biggest issue, is it? And that's kind of what I feel like now. Um, I know... They, they really could have done with them. And obviously the pertinent thing is they wanted one. And when Caldun now Mubarak, because I'm always I'm always wary on these podcasts of saying, this is, what's, this is what's true, you should listen to me. Because ultimately people don't know. And also I know people might think, well, you know, is that right? So like in terms of Guardiola saying at the start of the month, um, start of August, oh yeah, Bernardo wants to leave and other players do. For me, that was so important because like, if you look at the fact that no players have gone, it will be easy for fans to say, well, there was never any danger of any of them going in the first yeah. place. And for Guardiola to confirm that was very important. And to go back to my original point, for Caldun Al-Mubarak to say, you know, Aguero leaves big shoes to fill, but I'm confident we will fill those shoes. Like, it's obvious that that's what they wanted to do. But things, so it's things just, just haven't it, panned out that way. Yeah. Exactly. And it's not just it's not just us sitting here going, oh, well, they should have done this. It's like they know what they needed to do and they didn't do it. So therefore, that legitimizes it as a concern. Yeah. And... And again, normally with City, they if they don't get their top target, they say, all right, well, we're okay, we'll be fine. But they were so convinced this time around. And some might use the word desperate, but I think that's fine. Because I think if City hadn't have tried to get anybody else, you could have said it was complacent or arrogant or whatever. But I think there was a bit of desperation there after not getting Kane. Because for them to even consider getting Ronaldo to the extent that they did, and to, they still needed to agree a fee with Juventus, and we don't know how that would have gone. And they may have even needed to to get rid of Bernardo Silva, which or well, anybody, but most likely Bernardo Silva. But to get to the stage of agreeing a deal with Ronaldo and Ronaldo wanting to come to City, and City thinking, well, we're not quite sure about this. In terms of Guardiola thinking, as far as my information goes, Guardiola was like, well, I don't know how he's going to fit into the dressing room dynamic, but he's going to score goals and we need goals. So we'll do yeah. it. You know, to get to that level of shit, we haven't got Kane. What are we going to do? That shows just how much they want one. Yeah. I was going to ask on the Ronaldo front, because like, let's talk about that deal because it's, um, it came out of the blue a little bit in the sense of like, we'd heard stories a couple of weeks before that Ronaldo was touting himself around and had been offered to City and City weren't that interested. And then suddenly the Kane yeah. things fall, fall through and then they might be a little more, a little bit more interested than we thought they were. And then yeah, it's yeah. coming out on the day that, you know, a deal, a, a, you know, personal terms have been agreed, all that sort of stuff. Um, how how close was it actually to getting over the line? Was it was was this a case of Ronaldo being desperate to get out of Juventus and anywhere will do? City are looking for a striker. Mm-hmm. They, these two they, they might not be a perfect match, but it, it suits me to be out of Juventus. It suits City to have a number nine. It, like it kind of almost suits all parties. And then United yeah. came along and it was like, oh great, I'll go there. Or was it a case? Yeah, of... exactly. Oh, I know. Give the alter. Well, give the alternative because I'm interested to see because because this will be what other fans are thinking as well. Yeah. So, well, I mean... I'm just I'm just interested if it was a case of uh, of City pushing it a lot more and going, oh, you know, shit, we haven't got Kane. We oh, we right, desperately okay. do need that number nine figure. 
I'm not sure Ronaldo fits, but yeah, let's let, let's go for it and let's let's push it. And then 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 when the, when he makes his decision to go to United, he, the the whole day of the press conference stuff, the, there was that point in the press conference. I think you you um, you wrote it in your in your piece about um, Ferran Torres actually, Torres, but yeah. uh, when Guardiola said um, what was his line? It was something like, um, "Like we're happy with what we've got," or yeah, something. And we're saying we are. like, right, okay. You know, at that point, it's not happening. Forget it. And yeah. I wasn't sure if that line came because they'd been told, "Oh, Ronaldo is more interested." in United is, is not coming here or if they were going yeah, actually we've, by that point. we've got cold feet on this. By that point. Yeah they knew by that point. Well the cold feet element is something that has been pushed by City and I think um, you know at proper executive level and also like this is the media version that oh you know they're offered but not really sure but doesn't add up. I mean it's not true um, but it, it doesn't add up either like when stories are coming out in certain outlets on Friday morning that a deal's going to happen, you got you can have some certainty that that's come from the club anyway. And if the club is saying a deal is all close to happen, or not, you know, yeah. whether it's going to happen or close, you know, it's in that ballpark. Yeah, exactly. Well, once it's in that ballpark, you're like, okay, so something's happening. There. You know, this is that's that is the green light, really. And obviously, but Guardiola's answers didn't say. Ronaldo. Well, no, we're not interested. It was a kind of, it was a Ronaldo is a great player. He he is the one that can choose. Now, when is when is Guardiola? I know it's never been in that context, so maybe this is the first time. But when has Guardiola ever had to speak about Ronaldo in the same kind of way that he speaks about Messi? Like never, never ever has he put them on the same pedestal. And like, I agree. You know, I, I think Ronaldo is fantastic, but I think Messi's just that bit better. Just like that extra bit of magic or whatever, but like, and obviously he's, he's never been asked about oh how great is Ronaldo, but for suddenly to then be thrust in the same oh Ronaldo is one of these great players who can decide where he goes, and like Messi, and you know at the moment it's far far away. That wasn't oh no you know that nothing's going to happen there. We're not really sure that that was a kind of well it's up to him and we'll you know at the yeah, moment it's far away but we'll see what happens. That 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 bit of the press conference said to me we've been trying we are trying to get him yeah, here yeah, yeah. and then well, that, the, is, that is true that yeah. is true. That is true. Now, there, there was like, a, I think, a, basically an agreement, probably a verbal, a verbal agreement, I would say, with Ronaldo for the wages and that kind of thing. Um, obviously, they still had to, to finalise it with Juve, so we don't, we never know how that would have gone. I always suspected that they would have found a, a kind of compromise like United have done. What's United's deal? Like 15 million euros plus 8 million add-ons. I, I wouldn't have been surprised if City did that, but, but I think the thing from City's point of view to kind of offset how kind of knee-jerk it would have been was if they could have got him for free or they could have got him on lower wages which I think would have been the case they could have at least said well it might not work we might not need him beyond this summer but there's not that much of a liability on the books you know because if it had cost 25 million over two years and that accounting wise that would have been 12.5 million on the books or whatever in fact I saw something this morning that United are somehow Spreading over five years is that? Even, I don't even know how that's possible. Uh, yeah, um, and I think I think PSG might have done that with Messi. But anyway, I think City wanted to kind of lessen that liability because it's like, okay, well, if it works for one season and then they get Kane or then they get Haaland or whoever, then it's like, okay, well, Ronaldo's still here, but it's not a massive drain on resources. But yeah, um, yeah, they they didn't get Kane, and they thought, well, we we somebody and like you said in in terms of those two scenarios it was it was a little bit of both in the end but it was it would have been very much a marriage of convenience and somebody asked me on friday morning you know oh what about united coming in and at that point we'd heard nothing or we'd heard very little no, nobody really knew about that um but at that point yeah like publicly there was nothing uh, although at that point at that point right so there was this was one de- detail in our article and it, it was just a, a kind of vague, you know, Juve teammate still thought he was going to City on Friday morning. And I'll try and give a bit more detail on that to kind of legitimise it a bit without going too far. But Ronaldo travels to training, I don't know if all the time or certain times, with another Juve player. And on that morning, they had a conversation and the impression the other Juve player got was he was going to City. So whether, but obviously Rio Ferdinand's been saying they were messaging on Thursday night. So whether Rio, because this is the mad thing, which we'll get to, but whether Rio Ferdinand and Ferguson and that were convincing United on a Thursday, but it was only on Monday, uh, Friday morning that they did it, or whether he knew that 
you know, they were they were talking, but it was only a possibility. And on Friday morning, the the biggest thing was still City. I don't I don't know how that timeline lines up exactly, but definitely because of the colleague that has got the info and where the, the player has come from, the source has come from. You know, eight a.m. Friday morning, Ronaldo was saying whether he was throwing them off the scent or whether it was you know waiting for United or whatever. He was the City was still pole position at that point. Um, so yeah, somebody asked me what about United coming back in for him? And in, in terms of this kind of being offered around scenario that you mentioned, I, I'd known, and you know, me and like colleagues had known that Ronaldo had been offered around all summer to basically everyone. And I, in fact, I saw on Monday night a, a rumour that he'd been offered to to Barca as well. And now maybe Mendes was trying to spook Real Madrid into acting like he spooked United into acting for City. I was going to ask if the City, and if the if the Mendes City well, stuff was... Well, you, want, you wonder what the objective was there. And I mean, that it makes sense to go, oh, well, he spooked him back into the, getting the move he really wanted. But ultimately, Ronaldo was happy to go to City. Right. So Mendes would have done his job either way. You know, Ronaldo would have got a good move there. But again, it, it suits Ronaldo just to go back to United, doesn't it? I mean, objectively, you think City's obviously the better team with more chances of winning stuff, you know, winning the Premier League, winning the Champions League. But obviously when you've got a link there, like imagine United were trying to sign Edin Dzeko and like City would want, wouldn't want that to happen. Would, possibly, especially this time with the number nine, you'd possibly want him back at City anyway. But even if City were in a worse position than United, let's say United had just won the league and City would, well, not, but they were only second, weren't they, last year, United. But saying they were in the worst position, you'd still expect Zeko to come back to City rather than go to United because of that. So it's that kind of thing. So yeah, he was offered around loads of different clubs. Mendes had been trying to get Ronaldo out for months. Um, and obviously just when it came down to United saying, yes, he obviously wanted to go back to United because that's where he was being. So fair enough. But this is the mad thing to tie it all together. Like with the elements from City of saying, oh, well, you know, he was offered to us. We weren't really sure. In the end, we decided not to go for it. There's no, we decided not to go for it about it. He chose United. But the way the clubs try to avoid embarrassment on these issues is saying we never really wanted him in the first place. Or we, we were the ones that decided. But it's like in this case, the truth, if you wanted to use the truth to, to say, ha, 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 look at them. Like the truth is genuinely... Ronaldo was offered to United at least once earlier this summer, and United just didn't want to do it. They didn't. They just thought, "Well, no." So obviously, Solskjaer's, "Oh, there'll always be a place for him here." And his press conference thing is like, "Well, it's not, not that, true. It's just not that true." Yeah. So they weren't going to do it. They genuinely were not going to do it. And people these days, they don't look so much as what you're saying as trying to work out what your agenda is. So me saying this, people will go, "Oh, he's a City fan. He's a City correspondent." So he's saying this, like. This is genuinely true, and United don't dispute it. And it's been out there. City fans will have seen it in the MEN on Monday. They'll have seen it in the Athletic on Friday night. United did not want Ronaldo early in the summer. And then they knew he was going to go to City, or thought he was going to go to City. So Ferguson said, if you think the backlash to the Super League was bad, what if you let Ronaldo go to City? It'll be even worse. So he like, told the board, and like Rio Ferdinand was like, Ronaldo, you've got to come back to the words. And Everett was like, you've got to come back to the words. And like all these people who don't actually have positions of power at United, I know Ferguson does, you know, in his role. But fucking former players kind of bullied the club. I know I'm kind of editorialising this slightly, but the true version of events is these United figures have said you can't let him go to City, so they've signed him, and they didn't want him a couple of months ago, what, or maybe even a couple of weeks ago. What's the list now? Because it's it, it, this list is getting longer and longer and longer. It is, of, it is genuinely ridiculous. Hey? Uh, of players that City wanted that United have signed that it's not worked out for. I mean, it, it, like it, I, I can't, I, I can't get past that United's transfer policy is simply buy whoever City are interested in and yeah, see I if know, it works. It's, mad, it, like, it's, it's mad, getting, mad. it's getting crazy now. Um, yeah. Uh, let's move the on thing to- is, the, the, just well, just the one thing on that. I wouldn't be surprised. So, as proof of this, I'm in a fantasy football draft league, and it, my draft league and normal league has gone terribly. <laughs> but because I'm bottom, welcome to I'm going to be able. I'm going to get the first pick of, on the draft. So I'm, I'm going to sign Ronaldo because I think he'll score goals for United. But I wouldn't be surprised if at some point this year, maybe next, or, you know, this season, maybe next, if people are saying Ronaldo's not worked out for. United, it's expensive and it, it is expensive. Like it's expensive and it's not scoring goals and what's getting like it's. And I'm sure at some point, well, I wouldn't be surprised at some point if somebody said it's a bullet dodged for City, like they've said with Alexis Sanchez and with Fred. But I think if, like I said earlier, I think if Ronaldo would come to City, he'd be 
it had been in a better team and a better setup. And maybe there were elements of it that weren't ideal. But I think, and I know some people don't agree with this. They think he was passive. They think he made Juve worse. I think he would have scored goals for City. I think he would have pressed enough to stay in the team. And I could be wrong. But I think he would have been good. And if he doesn't work out for United, I'm sure people will say City dodged a bullet. But I think he would have actually been been good for City. But um, like, but yeah, to go back yeah. on to what we're going to talk about next, or what I imagine we talk about next, I, th- I think they'll be good anyway. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's bring in a question from EJ David on Twitter, uh, who says, uh, do you think that Pep knocking down his own quotes that he's leaving after his contract and Ronaldo not coming to City, it leads to a future of more Pep? Ronaldo was always going to be a short fix for one to two years, which could possibly have got Pep the Champions League. Do you and Sam think this could lead to big signings in the next few seasons to continue the project? Um, and this this kind of leads us into the Guardiola, um, I, I'd like to manage a national team when my contract ends at City. Uh, and then within a couple of days, he'd knock those those quotes down himself to say, well, I didn't say I was leaving. So, mm. well, well, that was weird. That was weird because, th- and this is one of those things where it would just be easy if I didn't say anything because I'm just going to muddy the waters further and nobody's going to know what I'm oh, talking muddy about. Muddy away, mate. Muddy away. Much less myself. But so, um, so those things, those quotes with Guardiola, they came out first of all on a, you know, after seven years, I'm going to leave. I'll need a break, you know. And then I heard the audio about half an hour, an hour later, and it was kind of, after seven years, I don't know if I'll stay more, um, I'll need a break. And I was like, that little sentence there just made it sound like what I thought anyway would be him just, because you know what Guardiola's like, he kind of talks hypothetically sometimes. And Well, I, I, and read, it, I read the quotes. Um, I, yeah. never heard, I never heard the audio, and I, I, just, I just read the quotes. It, it was in uh, Spanish as well, yeah, which and, we'll get back to. So I, I wouldn't have understood it anyway. Or one but of them was anyway. When I read the quote, it was uh, my reaction was, okay, he's saying that he might be leaving at the end of his contract, but he's leaving himself enough room in there to sign a new deal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like Even, even when I saw the first quote, when it was after seven years, I was thinking... It, it's just it's just more open than it looks and it's more open than it sounds and then I heard the audio of at least one I don't know if this was what he said to everyone or did a couple but he just said it was literally after seven years I don't know if I'll stay longer I'm going to need a break and it's like that's just a kind of well I don't know you know but as it stands after seven years I will need a break but maybe more so I was thinking it's not that you know it's not that cut and dried anyway and I wrote that when I wrote about the Kane situation last Thursday morning published last Thursday morning I mentioned the Ronaldo, uh, the the Guardiola thing briefly. I was like, "That's not as cut and dried as Kane." You know, Kane's not coming, but the Ronaldo. What oh, I keep saying, Ronaldo, <laughs> Jesus. Um, but the Guardiola thing about leaving after seven years—it's not that cut and dried. But then, so then, when he was asked about it in the press conference, he was, "Oh, I'm really glad you asked that because it gives me the opportunity to clear it up." And you know, he goes, "What I said, well, what I said was seven years or whatever." But he was saying, "I could leave in two months if they if I get sacked." You know, I could leave in five years if I keep signing a new contract. And that's basically what you would expect just along the lines of you never know what's going to happen in the future. Yeah, Back yeah. to maybe you'll sign a new contract, maybe you won't, rather than Guardiola's definitely going to leave. But then in the embargo section, and I've not really seen this picked up anywhere, he was asked directly, he was like, but you said after seven years, he goes, you didn't say after my time at City. So what Guardiola said in the first part of the press conference was, oh, what I'd actually said on the Zoom call was, after my time at City, I will need a break. But it was put to him, he said, you actually said seven years. And he was like, you don't make, he goes, you don't normally make mistakes in English. So like, what, what what's the situation there? But obviously he was speaking Spanish anyway, so he's even less likely to make a mistake. Mm. But all Guardiola said was, look, I said what I said earlier on. Forget it. So again, like, 
I, I still think the situation is he, he might sign another contract. He might leave at the end. We don't know yet. Um, but just the fact that he was kind of pulled up on, he did actually say seven years and he kind of wiggled out of it. It's, it's kind of interesting. Um, I wouldn't, I'm not so, going to, so I'm not going to nail McCullers to the mass now because there's still, you know, two seasons to go. I wouldn't be surprised though if, if the two years, you know, if, if the, if the seven years in total, another two years, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the end, but yeah, um, you know, there's so long to go. You, you'd be silly to hold yourself to it. So basically, my hunch at the end of last season that he might sign an extension at the end of this one is is still not. It's not dead in the water. It could still happen. Yeah. 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 Well, I, yeah. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised. I think as it stands, I wouldn't be surprised. I've just said that for both outcomes. You can't do that. As it stands, <laughs> okay. As it stands, I think yeah, you'll you can go. be. You can be not surprised. At in my outcome. opinion, well, I suppose so. In in, I suppose that's true, but that's definitely sitting on the fence and hedging bets and all sorts. As it stands, I think, just my opinion, he'll probably leave at the end of his contract. But I wouldn't, right. you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he signed another one because that's just how you know the future works. Um, <laughs> nothing set in stone. But to go back to this question, I think that's quite a an optimistic reading of the situation. You know, because they didn't get the targets, will he stay for longer? I'm like, I'm thinking, if anything, they were getting short, fairly short term targets. Which you could read into it the other way and say, well, they know he's going. So they want, they want to get the targets in. two in. seasons. Yeah. So get Kane. And if not, get Ronaldo. So he does leave on a high. And I've said this before. Like At the moment, it's, yeah, Guardiola's great. He's won three titles out of five. You can say three out of the last four. Um, but like, there's no guarantees in football. And we know that Liverpool are stronger, Chelsea are stronger, United are stronger. They will be respecting all of those teams. And they will know that retaining a title is very, very difficult. So they won't be thinking that this year is a foregone conclusion. So they're obviously thinking, well, we'll we need to get Kane to, to kind of cement Guardiola's legacy. And maybe not just Guardiola's legacy, because if he does go, maybe Cheeky goes, maybe Ferran goes. You know, I'm, I'm not, I don't know if they will, but it's, it's feasible that they would say, okay, this is the end of our cycle here. I think they would have had, if, if, if they were, hypothetically, if they were to go at the end of Guardiola's time, then they would have had 11 years at City. So they'll probably build their own statues and then leave. But no, they'll be saying, you know, we've done we've done well here. Because if City go out with another, let's say, at least one Premier League title out of the next two years, possibly two, if they were to get Kane, they'd probably they might be thinking win three in a row. That that would obviously be huge. But without them, obviously, you've then got the you got the 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 possibility, I suppose, that if they don't win the title this year, you've then got people saying. Three titles out of six years, is that enough? And going into next season, kind of how they went into last season with it. Oh, you know, it's his last year of his contract. Are the players ready to go again? They didn't have a great season. You know what I mean? So yeah. they wanted in the summer to avoid all of that. And they wanted to just say, Bosh, we've got Harry Kane. We're winning the title again. He's won four titles out of six years. This guy's great. We're all great because we signed him the right players. We've built the CFG to this level. This is how we're going to do it. So I... Th- I, my reading of it would be they were getting those short-term-ish targets to just nail down City's position as a great team, but also as a benefit. Guardiola's possibly final years, possibly Cheeky's final years, possibly Ferran's final years, maybe not all of them, but maybe two out of the three, maybe just one. But nail down those final years and make them a success. And then after that, they could say City are well set up for whoever comes for things next. in the future yeah. so that would be my reading but maybe that's just because i'm a kind of glass half empty kind of guy and the, the guy asking the question is maybe a glass half full but i don't i don't think how things have panned out makes it more likely that guardiola will stay i just think it's kind of i wouldn't i wouldn't necessarily less but just irrelevant maybe yeah it's like i was saying last year do you know what i mean like if they'd assigned Messi, it probably would have made it more likely that he would sign that contract but ultimately i thought it was just irrelevant anyway because it's going to depend on how guardiola feels and if he feels like he's got energy in the tank um, and signing those players to give him that energy to refresh the squad would be would be a help, but ultimately it just decides on him. Yeah, it depends on him and what he decides. So yeah, I'm I'm not re- I'm not I wouldn't read into it though how it's panned out is more likely to make him stay, but ultimately you know it'll be other factors and, and we'll see how it goes. But what happens this season will be very interesting. Yeah, uh, one from me on the transfers before we before we move on. Um, I, I I'm looking at once. I'm interested that once the Kane deal fell through, anything else that because they've been so hell bent on getting Kane through most of this summer, once that once that didn't happen, I kind of I kind of looked at anybody else 
in the situation. If they, if City then came in for them, even with a big money bid, it kind of looks like a little bit, a little bit of desperation, a little bit. We didn't want you in the first place, but now we're kind of stuck with you, sort of thing. So I wondered yeah. if, if maybe next summer now, like they, they obviously need to turn their attention back to a number nine. The questions are going to be who's it going to be. They've got a year now to plan it, assuming that they don't do anything today, as we said earlier. Um, do they turn their attention back to Haaland? The Rayola issues come back into play. Other clubs will be interested with the with the release clause. The other option is obviously Mbappe might be available for for yeah. free with just the contracts and wages to agree. Yeah. Well, I mean, let me just say the easiest one will be just Kane again. Because I'm not sure how much of a market there'd be. And maybe United signing Ronaldo maybe makes that, maybe, United less likely yeah, to go in. Yeah, maybe it blocks that route for Kane. And I mean, maybe it blocks the route for Haaland. But to be fair, if City had have signed Ronaldo, I wouldn't have said it blocks the route for Haaland. I would have said because of the wages and low fee or no fee, they could probably do it. Um, so I don't, I don't know about what United would do. But I, I'd say the easiest one's Kane because Kane wants to come. The ground works there. And... Um, Maybe it would be easier third summer running to get Levy to sell. Um, I don't know. Maybe it wouldn't because they didn't do it last summer and they didn't do it this. Um, so I think Kane would be the easiest. The thing with Mbappe is City just think he wants to go to Real Madrid anyway, and he right. clearly does. Um, and like, and one of the elements is City a lot. While he rejected us in 2017, we've talked about that before. How they tried to buy him in 2017 when he left Monaco and he went to PSG. So like, well, he rejected us anyway, and now he wants to go to Real Madrid. So that's the view. And look, maybe it changes. Maybe. Laporte, know, Laporte said no, didn't he, in the first instance? Uh, yeah. He, well, he said yes, and then he changed his mind to stay, which I guess is slightly different. Yeah. Um, but yeah, good point. Good point. Um, I think maybe what you'd say there is maybe something happens at Madrid and he can't go. But if they're offering 180 million euros now, then you'd imagine they'd have the money next summer. Um, so I'd say that's probably off the table. And look, maybe there'll be fans listening to this thinking, well, just make the bid and make a decision. You know, make him make a decision. But that's, you know, the way that City do these transfers is they get the yes of the player first, and that's just how transfers work. So this whole tapping up stuff that people suggest sometimes, it's just bollocks because it happens everywhere. You need to know if the player wants to come. Yeah, there's, no, there's, make no, a point, blind beard. Yeah, there's no point wrangling with a club for, for six weeks, getting and a deal go, well, the player. Yeah, yeah. And he goes, well, I'm going to, I want to go to Madrid anyway, lads. So so for now, for now, anyway, and look, things might change, but for now it's off the table. And if if... Look, this podcast might be listened to after the deadline's finished, but if Madrid don't sign Mbappe on deadline day, then you know maybe it'll push, drag on into the season and the possibility will be there. But I think it's low possibility. As for Haaland, Haaland's obviously the interesting one. I've just always thought, obviously this summer, just not for sale. You know, there's the rumours floating around, oh, City is going to pay £150 million. So if that was the case, Chelsea would have done that already. Like, Chelsea would have just done that because they wanted Haaland. And Dortmund are just very good at making it known they're not going to sell. And this is obviously something that City struggled with, with with Kane. They should have realised much earlier, really. But Kane did tell them they'd be fine, and it wasn't. So that was a mistake. But And United made the same mistake last year with Sancho. Because United just thought, oh, if we keep pushing it, Dortmund will sell. And Dortmund were just like, no, we gave you a deadline. And it was like June or something, or August, because the transfer window went on to like October. Yeah. And they just... They passed it and they were like, well, we're not selling. So they obviously just didn't sell with Haaland. So that was just a non-starter. But then you think next summer, yeah, with the clause, you just think it's obviously an option. If City wanted him, it would be an option because the clause is there. They could work out what the wages are, what the payments are to Riola. But then you start saying, this gets confusing. You know, this gets difficult. And that's why I'm saying Kane's still the easiest one. And I know he'd be older, he'd be 29, and you start thinking it'd probably be 100 million still for... 29 and i'm sure fans wouldn't want that to happen um but that that's what i mean that would be easier because there's not really much of a market for kane and he wants to come to city with harland you've got all the extra costs to the agents and the dad and whatever and you've got if psg lose mbappe maybe psg go for him you'd think probably chelsea wouldn't now they've got lukaku um united bayern probably try but you've got bayern there's still talk of Real Madrid. There's still talk of Real Madrid would want Haaland and Mbappe. And imagine rebooting the Galactico era with that. So it looks like they're buying Camavinga, which is their kind of, I suppose, just in terms of the profile of player and not a top name, but a great name to have. That's kind of their Makaleli signing, you know, because Makaleli was the one famously that held it all together. Um, so that's kind of their Makaleli signing. And imagine they did get Mbappe and Haaland. That would be outrageous. So. This is the point, though. 
Haaland, it's a possibility for City. You know, they preferred Kane because they thought, well, Haaland needs space to run into, or not so much needs, but that's what he has relied on. He has looked so good because he's had space to run into, running in behind, counter-attacks. At City, you don't really get that. So Kane would suit City better. So that was part of the reason for it. But obviously, there's probably an element as well of, well, Kane's available and Haaland's not. So we're going to... We're we'll going to pursue the option. Yeah. You know, it's human nature, isn't it? Like, it, if you pursue that one, but also you kind of, how many times have you had to make a decision? And like, let's say you were going on holiday somewhere and you wanted to go to, let's say, Barcelona, but you couldn't go because it's on the red list and you really wanted to go. And then all of a sudden you, you go, okay, well, we're going to Cyprus instead. And you think, I didn't want to go to Cyprus in the first place, but you start looking at it and go, Oh, you know, well, the beaches are really nice. The weather's actually a bit better. You know, the the food's cheaper, so we could actually get on board. You know, you you take the line it, of least resistance, don't you? That's the exactly thing. exactly, and like yeah, and you, you just kind of you kind of talk yourself into whatever you've got to do, basically. Yeah, any so Kate was available, so they were going are, for uh, that. Currently throwing things at their uh, at their phone. <laughs> oh no, oh, Cyprus is great. Like, too, this is this is this is the the beauty of this hastily thrown together analogy. Like both options are really good, but if you wanted Barcelona in the first place, but you couldn't get it, you start then talking yourself into the other one. But it's but then if you do get you know the other one in, in this case Kane, you start thinking well Kane's a better fit for us, and you know Haaland we're not you know he's not quite the best fit, but that doesn't mean that they don't want Haaland. It just means they thought Kane was a better fit for whatever reason, yeah. whether that was genuine or because it's the one they thought they wanted. So they could go back in for Haaland, or say back in because they had a look earlier in the year, but they could go in for Haaland next summer, but it will be much harder. Kane is easier because he'll still want to come to City most likely. And if they wanted him, if they still want Kane, then it's the most likely option. We, we are just going to have to wait and see. Yeah. I know that makes it sound like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. You've got no contact. But look, the deadline is just closing. We'll have to see which approach City take because maybe City win the title again. And they say, we don't really need a big, big name. We'll just go and get somebody who fits the mold and they find somebody for 60 million again and they get somebody that nobody's talking about like they did. To go back to your question about third choice, didn't really want him anyway. I'm sure everyone will be thinking, well, it worked well enough for for Diaz. And I'm sure that's why people want your city to go and sign somebody now, regardless of who, whether they wanted them or not, because it worked well for Diaz. Um, So yeah, um, maybe City go so well this season, they decide they don't need to spend that much money or maybe it goes so catastrophically wrong like in 1920, and again, it wasn't catastrophic really. They finished second. They were still good, but they weren't good enough. But maybe they start looking at holes in the squad because at the end of that season, it looked like, God, they need another defensive midfielder. They need another left back. So if things go wrong this season, or maybe if things go right, they say, well, we don't need to spend that much on a striker. We do need a left back. We do need to replace Fernandinho, and we do need a striker. And we quite like this guy who's £50 million with the buyout clause in Portugal. So maybe they do that. And maybe, you know, at that point, you know, Real Madrid pay the money for Haaland or Bayern Munich pay the money for Haaland or whatever and it becomes moot anyway. So yeah. there's literally no way of knowing right now. Um, but that's kind of my long-winded appraisal of, of how things stand at this moment in time. But I know if, I know everyone's going to be very excited about Haaland for a year and I completely get it because he's amazing. And City think he's amazing as well, but they just thought Kane was a better fit. But, yeah. you know, I'm sure Haaland is one of those players like Ronaldo, different end of the spectrum. But if Ronaldo has to sign for City and he doesn't press, it's not going to work. There would have been that conversation with Ronaldo and Pep and said, look, and I'm sure Ronaldo would have adapted his game enough to get into that team. And Haaland is quality enough to adapt and just play a different way. Okay, you've got less space to work in. You need to hold a player to be better, but he's good enough to do it. So if he did sign for City, it wouldn't be a problem. But we'll see how it goes. Well, again, notwithstanding any any transfers coming in this afternoon, uh, they're going to have to look for answers in their own squad uh, for the time being. Um, we teased it at yeah. the start. How well could Torres fit that striker false nine role? Um, second season at City, finished last season quite well, started this one similarly quite well. Mm. Still blowing a little bit hot and cold, we use Norwich as yeah. the example, but you know it's, it's to be expected, I guess, for somebody that age and still fairly new at the club. Well, that's the thing now. You've now got the kind of Gabriel Jesus paradox, paradigm, whatever you want to call it. Again, use use the right word in the right context and go with that one. I can't <laughs> think which one it is. But you, you, you had with Gabriel Jesus a couple of years ago in particular, possibly even still now. He's young, he's adapting. He's not going to score every chance. He's not going to be the finished article yet. And that's fine. But also City don't need fine. They need finished article. And that's the thing. 
So if Ferran Torres doesn't score 30 goals this season, if he does play hot and cold, if he does time his run slightly too late so he's not quite getting there and they're, not miss- and they're missing the chances, that's fine because he's 21 years old. He's new to the team. He's not even a striker anyway. So it's fine. And we can't then say, this guy's a waste of time, blah, 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 because he's only scoring you know, 20 goals. But it's not fine for what City need. Do you know that it's that's the distinction. Yeah. So I'm not going to hold anything against him really if he doesn't live up to Aguero numbers or Kane numbers or Ronaldo numbers because he shouldn't have to. But it City do need him to. I they I, need somebody to because I'm that's a, what they want. Yeah. So that's where it's interesting. I'm a little wary of putting all the eggs in the Torres basket as well. In the in, in the same sense that uh, of uh, of doing the same with Jesus, you can't just chuck Jesus into and the lap. Uh, by the way, yeah. Um, so it's I, I guess it's an interesting dynamic. Maybe 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 that responsibility is shared between them. Do you know what I mean? Um, possibly, but just the way they're speaking, though. Um, well, the way Guardiola spoke, you know, after the Norwich game, it's not just oh yeah, well we'll we'll see now. Gabriel Jesus maybe on the. It's just the way he was talking was Ferran Torres is a striker. Gabriel Jesus, Jesus is, a is better on the wing, and that's it. He's like what we need. Because we don't score goals, or well, not because we don't score goals, but he said we need goals, didn't we? He? he said we're lacking goals. So with that, what we need then is is Torres to make those runs towards the goal, whereas Jesus drops off a bit more. So what they don't want that in Jesus, and maybe if they go to the false nine, they'll go, okay, Gabriel, because you can play false nine because you can drop off, do that. But they don't want that clearly all the time. They want a number nine. So in terms of sharing the workload, it's just a fact that Diaz. Yes. Honestly, what does it matter with me today? Um, it's every time I'm looking at Sky Sports News, I'm getting slightly distracted. There's all sorts going on, but none of it relevant to City. Um, Yet. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Good one. Um, 13 hours to go, I can see on the big ticket. It could all change. Um, yeah. It, they want Torres to be the number nine, and he's the one that's going to make those moves. So, in terms of sharing the workload, I don't know. I think it's. It's going to be Torres, or they are going to go with a false nine. And then, look, it might change because Jesus is doing so well. But because of the way the false nine worked last year, they didn't even use Jesus from like February onwards, did they? They just used De Bruyne or Bernardo or Mares or Foden. Um, so, yeah, it'd be that. But then, in terms of goals and adding goals or maybe adding value to the team, I know Mares finished the season well, but that was generally in the Champions League, actually. He didn't really play in the Premier League games at the end of the season because he was being arrested for the Champions League games. Um, but so he wasn't therefore scoring in the Premier League. So if you think if Jesus plays all the time in the Premier League and adds those assists and maybe some goals, then that, that does add a bit of a, a value as well. But I wouldn't expect Jesus to be the classic number nine anymore. Um, which is which is a very interesting dynamic, isn't it? How that's quickly changed. I suppose it's changed slowly over the years, but suddenly the way Guardiola was speaking about it after Norwich is a full on nope. Torres yeah. is a striker. Jesus is a winger. Get used to it. Yeah. Uh, quick word to finish on uh, Ruben Diaz. Um, you uh, kind of threw a head to this a bit earlier <laughs> by, by mentioning his name, Sam. Uh, he's now signed a six-year contract. That's right. It was all, yeah, it was all yeah, planned. All planned. Um, now signed a six-year contract. Uh, any news if there's been a release clause put into this? Because we know the problems of, of six-year contracts and uh, release clauses oh. not being in there. Yeah, apparently it's about seventy-five million. <laughs> no, no. Uh, in, um, in all no. seriousness, um, I'm assuming this is simply a. Six- well, yeah. No, in all seriousness, he doesn't need a release clause because Mendes will just turn up and say we're leaving. <laughs> uh, no, um, no, no. It's just yeah, fair play, good, yeah, great first season. Like I said, um, when I wrote the story about Edison getting a new contract, um, I don't know what a month ago. Um, it's just a kind of well done, everyone. Yeah. You're all really good. We're tying down our best players. Edison got his last contract, didn't he? At the end of his very first season. It was the day City got the 100 points at Southampton. They announced Edison staying. So it was literally the end of that first season. He'd been so good, he got a new contract. That's what they're doing with Diaz. Diaz was probably on 80, 90 grand a week. He's probably on now 150, 160. Yeah. So that's just a fair reflection of his value to the team. Fine. But you've also got, as I put in this story about Edison's contract, the other, well, one thing is they're going around the squad and the best players, they're signing up. So obviously De Bruyne already, Foden's in talks. If Sterling's going to stay, you know, they'll offer him a contract to see. Um, those kind of guys, obviously Stones has signed one. So their kind of long-term futures are assured. 
which is good business. But also you've got this thing where accounting-wise, the fee that City paid Benfica for Diaz, you know, the payment structure stays the same. Benfica still get the same money in the same installments, but accounting-wise, for FFP purposes and whatever, whatever fee that City have got left to pay accounting-wise for Diaz, let's say let's say it cost 60 million. I know it was a bit more, but let's say it cost 60 million. And let's say his contract was six years, and I'm just doing that for ease. So the way that works is in the books for FFP and whatever, it's amortized then to be uh, 10 million, 10 million pounds over six years. Yeah, there's your 60 million paid off in the books. Benfica still get, like I say, Benfica still get the all the, all the money and whatever installments were agreed. That doesn't change. But then if you offer him another contract, so now that first 10 million installment has been paid off in the first season. So 50 million is left. And now is let's say he's saying, he's saying for another six, six years. So now that 50 million is now divided by six. So the payment, you know, that's not 10 million anymore. It's, it's just under so 10. The payments, yeah. yeah, exactly. The, so the payments in the books uh, are, are lessened a bit. So obviously with Edison, Edison's fee has been paid off over four years, but now the remaining, however much, I can't even think how much would be left, but let's say 10, 15, 12, whatever, maybe even less. But now that's going to be spread over another, because Edison signed in this contract as well. I can't remember what I said it was going to be. Was that till 2027 20, as well? Same as Diaz? So another five years? So then, yeah, that, that becomes less in the FFP book. So obviously it would that would have been more useful if they signed Kane because it would have been a bit more space accounting-wise. But that's a little bonus in signing up Diaz and Edison again as well. So, yeah. so there's, there's, you know, Edison will come. That's been reported in the Times. You know, I, I did that story about a month ago. That's that's going to come very soon. Um, Foden soon enough, but you know, it's not done. It's not all signed off, and and Sterling possibly, possibly soon enough, but not you know this week kind of stuff. So yeah, yeah City are just making sure that all their best players are, are tied down to long contracts. Yeah. Uh, my last question for this week, Sam, I haven't been to either. So uh, Cyprus or Barcelona, which is uh, which is your <laughs> recommendation? I have, I have been to both, but um, I always go Barcelona. I got married there, so I'll have to go with that. Um, Excellent stuff. The, the one thing we've not talked about, and I'm going to do an article on this. I've started writing it already, and that's going to be on Wednesday. The one thing we've not talked about at this window is the fact that the players haven't left. The players that Guardiola was kind of thinking they needed to move on to to shake the team to keep things fresh and you know to protect morale and all that it's not happened and now I'm only going to mention it briefly and I'll write an article on it but I want people to know that it's easier to talk about on a podcast than it is in black and white but it's difficult to make the point now that Bernardo Silva Gabriel Jesus and Laporte staying is a bad thing and I'm not saying it's a bad thing because they could all be in the position where John Stones was last year, where it looked like he was going. It looked like he had no value to the team. And all of a sudden he was back in the team and he was fantastic and he helped City do everything they did last year. And maybe all those players do the same. The difference, maybe the they, difference though, would be that Stones didn't want to leave. Yeah, that is the, yeah, exactly. That is the difference. Um, so that's a very important one. But you may, you might have the case where Laporte wanted to go because he fell out of the team. And now he's done very well and he's going to have his chance to stay in it. So maybe he goes, maybe he stays back in the team at the expense of Stones, I guess, which would obviously be unfortunate, but that's just how the squad works. And maybe he goes, actually, I'm happier now, so fine. And City have got a great centre-back on their hands again. Everyone's a winner. Bernardo, obviously, he wanted to leave all the way through last season, but he played really well anyway. So at the very least, you could probably expect Bernardo to have a great season, even if he still wants to leave next summer. So that's not a problem. And Jesus has already started playing well. So maybe... You know, maybe Jesus is going to find his groove on the right wing. Mares goes for argument's sake because he's got two years left on his contract, and they decide, or he gets an offer, and whatever. You've got a replacement there in Jesus if he has a great season. That then, I don't want to say freshens up the squad, but maybe it wouldn't be the negative the city thought it would be. Maybe these players do get that second lease of life, and they help City this season do what they need to do. That is. A very interesting dynamic. The other option is, and this isn't because you could perceive this as me being negative, but also it, this is what City wanted to do. This is City's logic. They wanted to sell these players. Guardiola said the best way to stay at the top of the game, to keep winning, is to shake the team. And to shake the team, you need to get rid of players. And you need to get rid of players, generally, that the players don't, that the fans don't want to get rid of. Yeah. And, you know, I always hate to use the United example, but 
United always got rid of popular players that the fans didn't want to lose, but but because it was right for the dynamic. And maybe, maybe we don't know, we'll, we'll find out, maybe it was right for the dynamic that Laporte had to leave or Bernardo had to leave. And maybe that's something we're not going to find out until the season goes goes on. So as it stands at the moment, even I'm thinking they'll probably be all right because Bernardo can put the shift in like he always does. Jesus has started well enough. Laporte, he's obviously started well enough, but he's, you know, he's not so prone to being happy when he's lost his place. You know what I mean? So that yeah. could be an issue. But again, it was an issue last year and it didn't really stop him. So... That's one thing, you know. Guardiola said, because somebody said to Guardiola after the Arsenal game, oh, he didn't need a striker today, did you? And he was like, yeah, well, we didn't need one today, but I'm sure when we lose, people will say we do. And that will happen. And that's probably justified. There there will be games, I'm sure, this year, just as a fact, where somebody like maybe Torres will miss a one-on-one, or or maybe Sterling will be playing, and he'll miss a one-on-one, or Jesus, we've all seen it. And then the other team go down the other end and score. And you could literally say, Kane probably would have scored that. Ronaldo probably would have scored that. If you had a striker, you'd have won that game. And I think that would be fair enough. But I think the other option is, if the season doesn't go so well, and it's still early days, I know it's looking good, and it, it is looking good, but it's still early days. It could, you know, City have got that week where they play Chelsea, PSG, and Liverpool. Yeah. And it's still early in the season. That would be, I think that's late September, early October. So it's early. But... If City can't get that consistency, like in 1920, we might come back to the fact that it's like, not only did he not get a striker, but he didn't freshen the squad up enough in terms of the outgoings. So that's just one to keep an eye on, and that's what I'm going to write about. But it's a, it's an unknown quantity at the moment. I'm not saying the season's going to be a write-off. I'm just saying keep an eye on that, because City's logic was to get rid of these guys, just as it was to get Kane in. And they didn't do that, and they also didn't do that. So I've seen it suggested that City have had a good window by keeping Bernardo and Laporte. And genuinely, maybe they have. Maybe it's been a blessing in disguise. Uh, but maybe maybe it hasn't. We don't know. So that that is a very interesting dynamic this season. Because don't forget, retaining the title is harder than going and winning it. Yeah. Liverpool are going to have that hunger to go and win it again. I'm sure Chelsea will have that hunger to go and win it. So City are going to need to get that hunger from somewhere. And with the same kind of squad... It's difficult. They didn't want that same squad. They didn't think that was the best way of doing it. But, you know, they didn't think last year the best way of winning the league was with a false nine, and they did it. Yeah. So, let's it's, see. It's they, funny. they could do it. It's funny. I started the show by asking if we, if uh, City had messed up this transfer window, and we finished it by basically saying, don't know. We'll find out soon. Um, well, that brings us to the end of this week's Why Always Us. Thanks very much to Sam Lee. Yeah, cheers. I thought that, <laughs> that, that went quite well. And again, how mad is this? It's been a week since Kane didn't come. And how much do we talk about Kane? Like because so much of other stuff happened. Yeah. But yeah, basically he thought, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna be able to leave. You make this offer, I'll sort it out with Kate. I'll sort it out with Daniel Levy and that'll be it. Didn't happen. Um so that's what that's what happened with that. And he gets 30 seconds at the end of a podcast. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Uh, we'll be back next week. You can sign up to the Athletic right now with a 33% discount. Just use the code MANCITYPOD. The Athletic. <laughs>